Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Well, good evening, everybody. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta of singleinthecity.ca. Today, we've changed up my co-host because uh, Sandra's not here. But we have the lovely, I love Angie Seth. Oh, well, thank you. I love you, too. She is the weekend anchor at Global News. In lieu of the tax deadline quickly approaching us, The deadline is April 30th by midnight, by the way, if you didn't know. I brought in personal finance expert Rubina Ahmed Hawk to discuss everything you need to know about being in a relationship and filing your taxes, meaning common law and marriage, uh, filing with kids, being newly single and your taxes, and so much more. Let's welcome Rubina. Oh. Is this what is this your second or third time? This now? is my second time. Okay, we'll it have you on like more and more. We should yeah, brought her, we, we should have brought her like flowers or something <laughs> or a cake <laughs> because we we make everybody feel very homey here on the dating and relationship show. Every guest that comes in here like looks forward to it because we have so much fun. We do. I had a lot of fun last time. There you go. See. Okay, so let's face it, Rabina. Tax time can be stressful for so many people. Uh, it was stressful for me, but not so much anymore. So what are some ways to lower the stress level and the tax burden at this time of year? I think the number one thing to do is just get started. So a lot of the stress comes from that procrastination, from just not wanting to sit down and begin the process of filling out that that return. So if you're using an accountant, if you're using a tax professional, they're already on you telling you, get those receipts to us, get the information to us. So but just, they shouldn't have to do that. Well, my accountant sends me stuff starting in January, and they're really good because they actually compile a list of things that have changed uh, from the last tax year so that I'm well aware of the things that I should be submitting to them and what things that are not are not necessary anymore. But I think that's number one. And don't do it over like how I've been doing it over many, many days and stressing yourself out. Take a weekend off if you have that luxury and just say this weekend, I'm just going to get it done. I'm going to get it all you know, together. I'm going to get all the documents together and I'm just going to focus on this and get it done. And that's going to make you feel that much better. By spreading it out over many, many weeks, we end up then, oh, like last night I was trying to get all the documents back in the right piles and trying to figure out where I was at last time I was feeling the return. It just, it's really frustrating um, if you try to do it over many weeks. Yeah, that's what I do. What do you do? I'll pull every, I'll say, okay, here's my day. I, and actually, and as stuff starts to come in, my T4s, my T5s, you know, getting sort of the receipts and all that, they kind of go in a file. Which is great. I think yeah. that that's good to yeah. organize. So it's organized. So then I can open up that file and say, okay, here's everything I have. What is it that I'm missing now? So organize yourself as you go. Don't well, just do it last minute. Oh, well, you should be organizing yourself. In the ideal world, you'd be doing it all year round where you'd be, if you're, say, for example, self-employed, you'd be putting in the information on a, you know, at least a, a month-to-month, ideally week-to-week basis of everything you've spent money on and where you spent it and keeping good records so that when tax time comes around, it's just a question of adding those numbers up and putting them into the right boxes. Um, but even if you wait till this time of year, whenever you have a document come in like a T4, make sure you're putting it in a place where you can find it when you need it. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times you're scrambling just to find that documentation. So get the documents together so that you're not on the computer. If, even if you're filing, say you're sending information to your accountant, which is the way I do it, 
Um, I'm on the computer and then I'm thinking, oh, I have to find this number. Where's that piece of paper? And I have to go back upstairs to my room and look in all these shoe boxes. That I mean, get the, all the documents together. That sounds stressful. Yeah, <laughs> that's and you know, when, I, said, when you said shoe boxes, I went, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that's and you know, yeah. I, I we're going to talk about this, but yes. I'm really old school. I'm still doing things quite, you know, manually adding things up, putting them into Excel spreadsheets, and it's really stressing me out. So, so in that and, category, I need some advice. So I used to be that person until I got audited and it was one of the worst times of my life and I swore that that would never happen to me again and if it did that I would be ready to go. So I found an accountant that's up to date with technology. So I use uh, something called Receipt Bank. So every time I get a receipt, I take a picture of it on my phone and I upload it into Receipt Bank. And then I can go in and post it wherever I want, whether it's for an office expense or an event expense, whatever the case may be. And then what happens is if I need to pay someone, I send it over to Pluto, which is another app that I use, which is attached to my bank. And then it it automatically pays people for me. And so both of these systems are attached to QuickBooks. So I can log into my QuickBooks and make changes. And so I am so organized, like it's crazy. So are you done? I'm done because I'm pretty much done because my accountant has simplified things for me. Okay. So like I, I do it like the, the receipts I upload like on a monthly basis. So everything's, yeah. So I don't stress anymore. But I did. Where do you keep those time. receipts during that you, month? You know what? I they're just in my purse. So when I unload them, <laughs> so she's got. So if no one can see, she has a massive purse. No, I'm just kidding. No. Now and, and what I do is I have envelopes at home. So mm. like I do January 2018, February 2018. You know, and then oh, I so keep you go those monthly receipts. Yes. Yeah, so okay. let's just say I do get audited again, and something screws up with the apps. Who knows, right? Then at least I have those receipts. Well, yeah. my husband. So he he has the. I guess, what is it, the accordion folder? Yes. And he's got one, so he does one for every year. And then everything, you know, in terms of your your visa bill, your Amex bill, um, what your utilities are, all that kind of stuff, you know, car payments, uh, maintenance, and all that stuff. So then that way, when you look through there, it's like, oh, what did I, you know, because my accountant will say, well, how much did you spend on your vehicle in terms of gas, et cetera, and mm-hmm. uh, maintenance for the year? And, and what was that attested to, and toward, to, you know, towards work, et cetera? And so terms of looking at all the different things that you could potentially write off. And this conversation is interesting because I think 10 years ago, we wouldn't be focused so much on things like expenses, business expenses, but so many of us, even with full-time jobs, have side hustles. Have, we are participate oh, in the gig absolutely. economy. So it's not just, you know you know, a T4 and then some investment slips and what RSP contributions you made. Even if you have a full-time job, you may have a small business that you do on the weekend. And so all of that um, has made the tax situation more complicated for most Canadians. We need to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show. We're talking about taxes. Stay with us. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back. You're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto, the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host. My co-host today is Angie Seth, weekend anchor at Global News. And our special guest today is Rabina Ahmed Hawk. She's a personal finance expert. And we're talking about uh, filing your taxes. And she's offering up some tips and tricks. Hi. Hi. 
our Tips favorite, everyone's favorite time of year. Yeah, you know what? But it can be though, right? Well, for because, me, it's, it's well, no, I don't okay, mind it the now. The only reason being is myself. I like I'm very independent. So I actually before we came, I started listening to some of your watching some of your blogs, oh, video nice. blogs. Thank you. She's and talking to Rubina. I am talking to Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> Laura's got other blogs. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but I was watching what some of the things that Rubina was saying. And one, you make it very um, simple, which is what I love. Because finances can be extremely intimidating and confusing, mm-hmm. right? When you're talking about interest rates. And da, 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 da. But I think what's really important is understanding, simply enough, if you have $5, what you can do with that $5. And like you talked about, I think in one of your latest blogs, um, you get your tax refund. Yay. But what do you do with it? Yeah, <laughs> Do you exactly. go on vacation? No. no. <laughs> you pay <laughs> off your debt. Well, but ta- that's important to know these things. Um, so... Well, I think the tax refund, there's this misnomer that somehow the government is paying you some sort of money. Which is when, so which my, my 23-year-old's reaction is, oh, my God, look how much money I got from the government. No, and yeah, not from them. It's no. just giving you back what which you is overpaid. Another, which is another reason why you should file your taxes even though you didn't make any income. You should file your taxes even because if you made you, no income. Because there's credits for you. Exactly. There's the GST and HST credit. There's other credits that you can get um, that if you don't file your tax return, mm-hmm. they don't know your income situation, then you're not going to get those credits. And it's just good to keep on top of it because you don't want to be five years, say you're in school and you didn't make any income and you didn't file your return. And it's just a lot to sort of go back and get all that information. So, so you want to keep up to date. So where do you go? Like, so say you're looking at a university student... Or you know, or you know, just getting university, or they've they've become of an age where they would be filing their taxes. Where do they go to find out what could they be eligible for? Uh, well, they can go to the CRA website. That's got tons of information about what the credits that they are due to them, and it really does depend on if they're making any income or not. Um, if they are filing for the very first time uh, when they're eighteen, say for example, they might. Oh, do you file your taxes before you're eighteen? That's a good question. You, do you know, what? I don't remember. Taxes. That was so long ago. Yeah, you do. I think <laughs> if you make any income, you, you have to file your taxes. So you should file, and it's important because it is a process of our life that we need to every year do. Right, and it's one of those things where you should I remember sitting with my dad with the pencil on the workbook and doing the tax return and it was part of our March April kind of function and if you don't file that's a red flag with the CRA regardless yeah yeah. I think that's what happened to me when I got audited because I didn't file personal for a few years because I thought oh I don't owe much right (laughs) well they came a knocking and then yeah I owed them a lot more money than that I realized that my accountant was doing everything wrong and that's another thing you can't put a hundred percent trust into your accountant you really like have to know what's going in what's going out what they're doing I mean uh, I didn't I just I I was one of those people that you know, how to shoebox and went, here you go. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've, <laughs> and it was like, who... I trust you 100%, do what you have to do. But at the end of the day, when those people are sitting in your living room going, how did you get these numbers? They're looking at you, they're not even looking at your accountant. Right. And it doesn't matter. Like, back tax is back tax. You're going to have to pay for it. So, really um, make a note and, uh, you know, use the right accountant. Well, just, I guess, you know what? Take that breath and say, all right. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do this. And I, it's, it is a little bit easier because, one, you can do it through an accountant. And then there's the electronic filing as well versus getting that, you know, that that envelope where you pull it out. <laughs> you look at all the – you look at everything you're like, I have no idea what any of these numbers mean. Okay. What do we need to know about your taxes if, you let's say, you just got married? 
Well, if you're filing together, um, there are credits that you can... Yeah, let's talk about you, those credits. You can put some credits together. So, for example, if you have children, um, you will your income will be pulled together as a household and it will be... It's it's income determined. So, depending on what your household income is, how much, how much you're going to get per child. It does get complicated if, say, for example, you have children with somebody else and if they're living in the home. We can get into that a little bit later about what to do when you have a child with someone that you no longer live with and what happens to those benefits. Um, you can pull, for example, say one person uh, makes a lot of money and the other person is a, a stay-at-home or they're not making as much. You can take your part of your RRSP contribution room and contribute it to their RRSP um, and still get the deduction on your side. So still get the tax benefit on your side, meaning the return. And the reason you would do that, if you're thinking down the road when we retire, uh, my income situation is going to be one where I'm going to be paying a lot of tax and this my spouse will not be, it does make sense sometimes to put money into their RRSP. Um, it's called the spousal RRSP. So that's something that you can take advantage of once you get married. Obviously, you have to be married to, to take advantage of that. You can pull charitable donations. So to make sure you're getting the maximum credit on that. Um, you can pull medical expenses. So even though we have universal health care in Canada, there are medical expenses. I believe there is a limit. Um, you have to ha- spend at least 3000 some dollars on medical expenses before you can get the credit. But pulling them together. Is this without insurance? Um, this would be money you paid out of pocket. Yeah. Okay. If your insurance has How paid it. How about the dispensing fee? Does that count? Yeah, I, 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 that's a good question. It may right? count because it's it's considered part of you getting your medical okay, treatment. Okay, because I usually throw those out. Well, I mean, it have to it, ha- it has to be a considerable amount of money. But if you're, for example, say like I went to the dentist and I got a thousand dollars worth of work done and I got eighty percent of it back because of my employment insurance, you can't claim that because so, you've got the money back. Right. But you can claim the twenty percent portion that you had to pay out of pocket. Now, are oh. we talking marriage here? Um, like actual and common law, right? Exactly. So common so, law is considered living with someone for three years. Yeah. So it is three years of living together. If you have a child, it can be a little bit different depending on what how, what the relationship is. Uh, but if you are common law, it's like you're married. So you should treat your marriage um, not just when it comes to your taxes, but to your assets. You have to treat it as if you're married. Um, and you file as a household. You file as a couple. So when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the credits that have been eliminated. Mm, okay. You're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bellotta. My co-host today is Angie Seth. She's the weekend anchor at Global News. And our special guest is Rabina Ahmed Huck. Hi. I love saying your name. Thank you, <laughs> Laura Bellotta. She's a personal finance expert. We're talking about uh, filing your taxes, some <laughs> tips and tricks. And uh, before the break, we were talking about new credits available for couples. So now I want to ask you about uh, any credits that have been eliminated that we should know about. So this is for couples who have children. Uh, you know, there's been a lot in the news about it, but the fitness tax credit, the children's arts credit, there's also the credits for education and textbooks that have been eliminated. And the big one, especially if you live in Toronto, the public transit credit. So there used mm-hmm. to be a credit if you use the the TTC or any public transit for 32 trips a month, you could claim a credit that you would get back. That's been eliminated as well for the uh, starting in the second half of 2017. So th- this year, there'll be no credit whatsoever when you file your return next year. Julia is like pissed off about that one. Yeah, so she the used one to file it every year. 
So the one thing people sometimes get confused with is credits and deductions. So, for example, for the arts credit, it was 15% of the first $1,000 you spent. And I think the better example would be for sports because you can probably speak to this. So if you spend... $5,000 $5,000 on hockey for your children, for your child last year, where the sports credit existed, you could get $150 back. So it's only 15% of the first $1,000. So when they eliminated this credit, there was a lot of, you know, oh, this is really going to affect families. But most families, even if they spent the maximum, you know, the $1,000, all they're getting back is $150, which I know is money in your pocket and it's a positive thing. But for many families, they're spending thousands beyond that and they're not getting any credit mm-hmm. for that whatsoever. So it's been sort of that money's been now re allocated into this uh, Canada Child Benefit Program that was introduced a few years ago, which is more income tested, is much more um, favoring those people in lower income situations. And I can see why people shy away from doing their taxes because there's so much to know and it gets really confusing. So what are some of the best resources for people to learn about tax credits and My number one advice is that you should really stick to the CRA website because that's where you're going to get it straight. And people are really scared to call the CRA to ask (laughs) questions because they think there's two things. One, they're just people. They're just people. One, they they feel they're going to look silly and they're going to ask a question that is like there's if you go onto some of the the, like H&R block and these type of websites, they'll sometimes compile a list of all the silly questions they've got, like a stripper asking, can I write off the cost of my shoes that I use? Or the new pole that I installed. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm, I'm not remembering the exact story, but, you know, some things that might feel a little bit embarrassing. They don't care. They'll answer your question as you want it to yeah. be. Well, you it's know. a business expense, yeah, and exactly. essentially. And also, they're not there to, they're no gotcha moments. It's no. not like they're there going, oh, well, Laura just called in and asked about this. Let's see what she does. And right. There's none of that. And you know what? The best thing uh, not to do is not to ignore the CRA. If they're calling you and they're looking for you, call them back because that's how you're going to get yourself into trouble. Don't be afraid of them. And don't be afraid of them. Um, be aware. This is just a side note. There are a lot of CRA scams going on. Well, I was going to say, yes. I was going to bring oh, that up. Oh, Hold girl, on. So, I, I know so someone who got scammed two weeks but, ago. I couldn't believe it. I was so upset with her because she actually got scammed. Because I was like, how so did what you happened not to call her? me? Someone called her and said, uh, you owe $5,000. If you don't pay by the end of day, we're going to come to your house and arrest you. And she so, fell for it. And she went directly to her bank. I was yeah. calling her on the other yeah. line. She goes, Laura, you were calling me. I'm like, why didn't you pick it up? I would have told you it was a scam. Well, that's she actually gave them five grand. Well, that's the thing because the CRA is not going to call you. They will never. They will send you a letter, a letter. in the mail that will d- and will have the detailed information, your phone number, etc. No one. They're not going to call you. They're not going to email you. That is not how they work. They are old school, and you will get an official letter in the mail. Called me before though. I think they have called me, but not for. I don't remember what it was for. It so might have been Siri that time around me, the audit. The Siri called me just a couple of weeks ago, but they sent me a letter to tell me they were going to call me. There. That's and right. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't. Yes. Yeah, so I w- have been on the phone with them. Yes. And the other thing is, is, and I'm here's my imitation of it. It is like, hello, this is the CRA. You have been fined $5,000. I mean, really, it sounds like a robot. But if you are dealing with someone who's never dealt with a CRA before, if you're, if, if you're, if it's a senior, they get afraid and they mm-hmm. think it's the actual thing and then they're out five, six thousand seven, ten thousand grand. Unbelievable. Easily. Five grand this girl had to pay. I was so upset for her. But I for was everyone upset listening. at her too for believing that. How can you have fallen for that? But, but for everyone listening, the CRA is not going to call or threaten email. you. Well, it's not gonna call, email, or text you. Or you will get a letter in the yeah. mail, probably then followed up by an official phone call. But keep that in mind. Okay, so let's talk about the best advice for filing as a couple, Rubina. 
Well, my best advice is that if you are using a tax professional, you both use the same one. Because okay, it's so just, you should use the same one. I believe so. You should be under one umbrella. They should understand your situation. So then that accountant or that tax professional can give you advice that makes sense for both of your income situations. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to get into a situation where they're all... all constantly saying, so can you tell me your spouse's income? Can you tell me what your spouse spent on this? It's better just to have it under one. um, And that just makes that much more sense. Be aware of the fact that there are credits when you are living together that are due to you and how you can best work them. And if you are working with a professional, um, then even if you're working on your own, when you file your return, you do have to put in your spouse's income. Even if, for example, your your spouse refuses to tell you their income for whatever reason. Because um, that's a good relationship. Yeah, drop them, drop them. Yeah, yeah, that, I think that's more of a Laura category here. Hey. That's the next, that's the next <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, it's true. The dating and relationship show. That, I mean, if, you, you're, if your spouse isn't telling you your income, is that a red flag? Divorce. You're st- the CRA still asks you to, to the best of your ability, guess what their income is and then hang on to your notice of assessment and your yes that's what got me in trouble in the first place i think my accountant guessed all the numbers for you though or for your partner for me but she's saying sort of oh, okay. to guesstimate Guess, for your yeah. partner. So guessing, an average of- And I think if you are guesstimating their income, you probably should get, give a call to the CRA and say, this is what I'm doing. Am I doing it correctly? Ask. I over ask questions because, you know, it's better just to be forthright and clear rather than get audited like some other people. <laughs> okay. Laura. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not the only one. We need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about being newly single. What are the, some of the things that we need to know when filing our taxes? Stay with us, the Dating and Relationship Show. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Fantastic show we have here tonight talking about... uh, taxes and how to file them with your the, voice is slowly getting more and more depressed every time you say tax <laughs> with the, the deadline approaching us <laughs> sorry the slow the walk to doom <laughs> <laughs> all right in, hide in a cave no, angie no. seth is my co-host she's a weekend anchor at global news and Hi, our everyone. special guest is rabina ahmed hawk she's a personal finance expert and uh, we want to ask you now about what if you're newly single what are some things that we need to know about filing? If you are newly single, if you're filing, say, for last year and even for part of that year you were still married or common law, you still I have to file as a couple. So you have to have keep those communication lines open. Oh, you do? Because so it, it, if in 2017 you were still married, say, you're new, say, you, just, say you just got separated today. Um, you would still have been married in 2017. So your tax situation in 2017 would still be like a couple. Okay. So that's one thing to be aware of. Now, imagine that you have been single for a while and 2017 you were single. Say you have children. Um, that's one thing that can get very complicated. Figuring out, especially when it comes to the benefits, who is going to get the uh, Canada Child Benefit, which is a base, it's income tested, so it's based on your household income. I guess where the child resides the most, no? Well, they that is one of the ways that they sometimes figure out. They say where the child resides the most is where that, that benefit is going to go, and then it's based on that household income. But if your spouse then says, no, it's a 50-50 situation, then the credit is split in half, and each half is tested amongst the income of that household. So it can be a little bit complicated. Mm-hmm. If you have an amicable se- separation, 
I would say that you do what gets you the most money. Right. Um, if, say, for example, your ex-spouse makes a lot more money than you do, it just makes more sense for it to be based on your household income because you're going to but get that much that, more credit but back. But your spouse probably wouldn't be eligible, though, if they're making... That's true. If they're making more than $200,000, then they're not eligible yeah. for any of it. But just say one's making one hundred and fifteen, the other one's making thirty. Right. It would make more sense for the person who's making $30,000 um, to, to, to apply for the Canada child benefit program and get that money on a month-to-month basis because they're going to qualify for the most for it's it's quite a substantial amount for a child under the age of six the maximum you can get is six thousand four hundred dollars and for a child uh, six to seventeen the maximum you can get is five thousand four hundred dollars so this is quite a lot of money that you can play with um and to make sure you're getting the maximum benefit and remember when you are uh even if you are together, when you are filing your tax return, if you've made considerable RRSP contributions, that that reduces your overall household income. So that is a way that you can actually get more of that Canada Child Benefit. So if that's something that um, is interesting to you, then this year you can think about, okay, if I make more aggressive RRSP contributions, that's going to reduce my overall household income and that's going to mean more benefits in 2019. What about spousal support? So what if you're receiving or you're paying out? So this is, I, I, I believe that this is beyond my understanding of how it works, but you, you really do have to be clear on who is going to get the benefit um, right. and who is going to, uh, and then you can decide with your, with your significant, well, your ex-significant other, um, wh- how the spousal support then works into it. I just want to clarify because you mentioned something about filing together, right? Even if you're broken up. Right. Um, but... I thought that Canadian tax rules do not allow spouses to file joint income tax returns. So you don't file joint income tax returns, but you file as if you were married in 2017. Okay. If you were married, yeah. Just wanted so, to clarify. Yeah, that no, for no, you don't. Fi- it's well. not like um, the United. I think, believe in the United States, you do file like a couple, like a together. I, I'm not going to get too much into that. But for example, a few years ago, when they had income splitting, um, that was one. You didn't file together, but it was considered, you know, side by side. Your household income was an. Uh, equaled yours and your spouse's. So if, even if you were married for just so a couple of days in 2017, you're still considered married the whole year. So you, okay. And that's true for people who just got married too. If you got married December 31st, you can file as if you were married for the entire 2017 year. Oh. And so spousal trans- Keep that in mind, people. Yeah, so transfer- Winter are, wedding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's a lot of credits that you can transfer, which if you say your spouse makes a different income level, you can transfer them. That can be more beneficial. So just bear that in mind when you're filing your return. Okay, let's talk about some of the biggest mistakes Canadian taxpayers make on their tax returns, Rabina. So some of the biggest mistakes they make is not realizing all the credits that are due to them. And this is very true for those people who are self-employed. So if you go to the, all you have to Google is business expense CRA, and it's going to give you a robust list of all the different things that you can. um, But you would think that your accountant would, like if you have a business, obviously you have to have an accountant or bookkeeper or something. You would assume that they know these things, right? You know what they say about assuming. No, I know, but that's why it's Mm -hmm. important to choose the right accountant. I got screwed the first time. I'm not going to do it again. So I made sure I did my homework on my next accountant, and uh, I love him. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. So that, that's a, you have. So that's the other thing is relying 100% on your accountant. Remember, when you sign your return, yeah, it you says, yeah. "I believe that all the information right. inside of this return is true to the best of my knowledge." Yes. So you, you know, when they come to you and say it's not true. You signed to say that you believed it was true. So you so. need to have a handle on what's going on in your business. You really do. 
Yeah. Oh no. If you're a, if you're a business owner or if you run a small business or even a medium or big size business, you should really use tax professionals and you should have good bookkeeping throughout the year. It shouldn't be that in, you know, in March, April time that you wake up and say, oh, I'm going to start putting all my information together now. I mean, it really is an ongoing process. For those people who have T4 and some RRSP slips, I mean, it's pretty routine. I mean, I would say you could just do it on your own. Uh, but if your situation is any more complicated than that, you should really look at paying someone to help you with your situation. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show. We're talking about taxes. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're tuned into the Dating and Relationship Show. It's Sunday night, and my co-host today is Angie Seth, weekend anchor at Global News. I'm Laura Bellotta of singleinthecity.ca and Rubina Ahmed Hawk, our personal finance expert in today, giving us some tips and tricks on filing your taxes. And before the break, we were talking about some of the biggest mistakes Canadian taxpayers make on their tax return. And we're going to continue with that conversation. Rabina, what are some more mistakes? So uh, another mistake people make is they don't understand how investments are taxed. So when you sell um, an investment and you have a capital gain, people don't understand how that money is taxed. And so that's something that you should understand when it comes to real estate, when it comes to your um, sort of stocks and bonds, how that money is taxed. And Everyone is eligible. Um, well, we all have a tax-free savings account. So as soon as you turn 18, okay. you are eligible to open a tax-free savings account. Mm-hmm. Um, and say, for example, you were 18 in 2009 when the tax-free savings account was first uh, created and you never bothered to open one, never bothered to put any money in, uh, your room is still being created. So it's tens of thousands of dollars of room that you have created just by sitting around and you know being 18 and over, really. So if you go into any bank and say, I want to open a TFSA or any financial institution, um, they are go- the the CRA will let you know how much room you still have in your TFSA. But the TFSA, even though it doesn't have as much to do with taxes because the, the money literally grows tax-free, so it has nothing at all to do with taxes. You take money out, you don't pay right. tax on that. Um, but it is a good way to offset your own tax situation. So say you have some investments that you want to make and you don't want to put them in your RSP because down the road when you take it out, you will pay tax. The TFSA is the best place to put that money into. Um, but a couple other mistakes that people make is that they're unaware of tax law changes. So every year there is a budget uh, in Ottawa that they release. And in that budget, they often have changes to what what we can do with our taxes. As we know, when uh, governments change, when parties change, so when it goes from conservative to liberal, that's when we see the biggest amount of changes. So just be aware that year to year things change, but especially when we see a change of government um, and the a different party takes over there's usually some pretty major changes and that can really affect your tax situation. Okay. Now, what if your partner refuses to file or is overdue on their taxes? It doesn't matter, right? Because you're filing separately? Well, it, it does matter because, again, you want to make sure that, say, for example, any credit, like I, I go back to that, uh, the, the child credit is is based on your household income. So right. if your spouse is not filing, then that is going to delay any of that money coming in. And down the road, if they do file, and for example, maybe you got tax back that you weren't owed, you may have to pay that back. So there, it is very important that if you're in a relationship living in the same household, that not only you file on time, but you file you file with the same accountant and that you're clear about your numbers because 
Um, even though you're filing individually and you're signing your own return and all the information is yours and yours alone, um, you're still considered a household income. and that, is so, really that can, a, so that can obviously affect you. That can affect Negatively. you. Negatively. Yeah. And if your spouse is refusing to file, that doesn't mean you shouldn't file. You should still file your right. taxes. I wonder how many uh, divorces start. Or what if you file? I mean, I guess in, in some ways, like I mean, like you're saying, if you're, you know, you should file together, et cetera, and, and, and both should know sort of what's happening with each other's income. Um, you find out stuff that you may go, I had no idea that you had this account with this mm-hmm. much amount of money or what was going on or yeah. why were we not, why were we not claiming this? So there was property that you had no idea that in the end can come back to haunt um, you to yeah big time because especially if it's in both your name and you're not aware of it a lot of times people get into trouble because they don't really understand exactly what they're responsible for right. and they leave it to other people to make the decision for them whether it be their spouse or their accountant when it comes to taxes like we've been saying this entire show is that it's really your name on that return and you are responsible for those numbers and if you decide to just sign it and not look through then you're taking a chance my mistake might be getting in there We need to take a break. You're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto, the dating and relationship show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey-Penny. What's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. Well, it's a new day and it's time for a new direction. Time to say yes. Yes to building equity for yourself through real estate. Call or email me and let's get started right now. So they can reach you at HEP at bosleyrealestate.com, 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. What a great show we have going on here tonight on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, the Dating and Relationship Show, talking about taxes and filing your taxes when you're in a relationship or newly single. Our special guest is Rabina Ahmed Hawk. She's a personal finance expert. My co-host is the wonderful Angie Seth. You can uh, check her out as a weekend anchor on Global News. That's right. Six and 11 right every across the country. Week, <laughs> every weekend. Uh, so, uh, Rabina, what should one do with their tax return? They filled it out. It's done. What do you, what do, you do now? So, I mean, you send it off to the CRA. The best way to do it is online. 90% of Canadians are filing online. It's the most efficient way to do it. You have a timestamp of when it was sent rather than through the mail when you're not really sure when it's going to get there. So that's my best advice. Use certified software. You can find a list on the CRA website of all the softwares that they recommend. Use one of those because that's going to get you the best results. Um, And when you get that refund, right? So Mm -hmm. everyone loves, we talked a little bit about the refund and how everyone likes to use that as kind of fun money. Remember, that's taxes you overpaid. And the government is now giving you back that interest-free loan um, so you can put it into your bank account. Now, my best advice is you take that money and you put it straight into your RRSP because that does two things. One, it uses that money for good. It puts it back into your retirement savings and it gives you a little boost in how much you've put into your RRSP. And then also next year, you've already made a contribution for the 2018 tax year. So that means you're going to get a bit of a uh, income tax break on the money that you've taken that was given to you in May. And then you put it into your RSP and then you get a bit of a tax refund next year. You know that's not going to happen. 
women? Like how many people <laughs> live paycheck to paycheck? Well, well, but that's also with regards to the economy and the and the cost of living, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I don't want to kind of get into it, but we've done so many different stories with regards to people who are full-time workers and they're still living with food insecurity mm-hmm. because they can't afford the cost of living. So I think the advice that Rabina is giving is sort of to try and help us, and I'm talking about everyone, be able to live beyond their savings. So in a perfect world, put it back into an RRSP. That would be a perfect world. And I think a lot of times when people get their their tax refund, it is a surprise sometimes how big it can be, or I didn't realize I was going to get this money. If it is at all a surprise to you, that means you didn't have that money allocated for anything. So use it to invest back into your life, back into your retirement. That's income tax you overpaid. So it's not exactly money that they're giving you. It's money that is yours to begin with, that you gave them that interest-free loan. So my best advice is just to put it back into the RRSP because otherwise you'll use it on consumables like a vacation or shoes or clothes, and it's not going to do anything after it's been spent. Or shopping at warehouse sales like Anywhere. I do and shop till I drop. <laughs> okay. What are some of the penalties for not filing on time? So the penalties are pretty heavy if you file they are. late. Yeah, I know. They are very So you want to file the d- deadline is April 30th by midnight. Please try to do it before then because it's pretty stressful if you leave it right to last minute. If you have any balance owing, so that means the CRA, you owe them money, any income tax, okay. they will start charging you interest starting May 1st and right now that interest rate is 6% annually and it compounds daily so it can get really expensive really fast. Um, as well, if you have filed late year after year, and this goes back to that question we had uh, earlier in the show where um, if you file, if you don't file or you file late all the time, do you get red flagged? You do. And they actually will charge you more money on the money that you're owing if you are a chronic late filer. <laughs> it can be as high as 10% on the balance owing plus 2% of your 2017 balance to a maximum of 20 months. They'll keep charging you that money. Um, my best advice is just file on time. Don't, uh, don't you know, make it uh, a, a habit to file late. You are going to pay penalties. You are going to pay interest on that money. Um, and if you do a tax refund, get that money into your pocket. Why are you letting someone else hang on to it? Yeah, and Thank if you're late, you. it's going to affect your credit later on down the road as well. Is it not? Well, it is. It's in terms of your eligibility on Exactly. So if you go apply for a mortgage, it's going to come up that you owe the CRA money, just like you owe a car payment or you owe your credit card. I mean, money owed is money owed. doesn't matter where it's owed. Yeah. So it will affect your ability to get a loan. And they want their money right away. <laughs> they will they, come they, yeah, they do want your money right yeah, away. Yeah, they do. There's no waiting around. And it will it will slow any benefit down. So not just any child benefit, but also if you have a guaranteed income supplement coming your way, or if you have money because you're in a low income situation, or a disability tax credit, or any of any credits that you get are going to be delayed because they don't know what your up-to-date information is on your 2017 taxes. Okay, quickly, one more question. We have like 20 seconds. How can we improve our household tax situation for 2018? Two tips. Um, Okay, so one is to keep really good... track of your receipts. So that receipt is Receipt Bank, everybody. I use Receipt Bank and then I also use Pluto. These are apps. Look into them. They've done wonders for for me. 
and probably saved you thousands of dollars since you're since you're your and own less, business and, and, yeah. and, and thousands of headaches exactly <laughs> so that's going to save you not just time and money it's going to save you stress so you don't right. get that tax time tension and the other thing is start looking now proactively at ways that you can take advantage of more credits and you can lower your household income so a lot of us have a lot of RRSP contribution room which is an excellent way to lower our household income so if you are lucky enough to have a little bit of extra money why not make an extra RRSP contribution lowers your overall household income makes you eligible for more credits thank you so much Rabina for joining us today and educating us on how to best file our taxes for the best possible income how can people reach you um, you can reach me on my website, alwayssavemoney.com. You can follow me on Twitter at alwayssavemoney. And Angie, how can people find you other than uh, on the weekend on Global News? Oh, uh, well, I mean, Twitter handle is at Katie Goley. Mm-hmm. Um, or Facebook, Angie Seth. You can find me there. Instagram, same thing, Angie Seth. I'm around. Yes, you are. <laughs> and so cute, too. And uh, you can check me out at uh, Laura underscore Bellotta on Instagram. You can also log on to singleinthecity.ca and check out my singles events. We also have wing women nights that we are starting to host. We also have an online dating management service that's new. So if you're struggling with online dating, uh, we do all the work for you to help you find a suitable match. Well, that's it for tonight. Thanks for tuning in and listening. And hopefully you'll tune in next week. Ciao for now.